Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. So I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. These episodes are recorded from my live Discord sessions where people from my community ask their questions all about family law and I try to answer them. If you would like to take part and ask a question yourself, I welcome you to join my Discord by clicking the link in my profile. Obviously, everyone that asks me a question knows that they're being recorded live for the podcast and I'm not giving advice. All I'm doing is making sensible suggestions and signposting. So, enjoy the episode. Good evening, Mart. How can I help? So, I have a court order for the kids and when they spend time with their dad... He's turned around and said to me that he won't be having them on certain weekends, which he should be according to the court order. I have to work. Where do I stand in a legal point of view? He's basically just said that he has. I have to deal with it and he's picking and choosing. So, I mean, obviously we can't have contact around childcare. That's the first thing I would say. Any child contact that we that we organise or that we agree, it does have to be in the best interest of the children. Um, so if she feels that that is what she's trying to achieve and Dad doesn't want to cooperate, then it would be a child arrangements order. So application to the court. Well, um, the next one is another anonymous one. I separated from... Um, I separated from my ex two years ago. We have a nine-year-old together. Contact has just recently restarted after telling his solicitor that he needs to resume. And at the moment, he sees our son every other weekend on the Sunday. Our son doesn't want to have overnight stays. The reason being is that he doesn't feel comfortable in having these and wants to come home to see to me and his siblings in the evening. He has said that maybe when he is a little older, he'll feel more comfortable having these sleepovers. He currently taking me to family court for a CAO and has claimed to be a victim of domestic abuse and has stated that I abuse my children, which is all fabricated. He stated in his C100 that he only wants contact every other weekend. My question is, is why he raises the issues of DV if he only wants contact every other weekend and not full custody? Where do I stand in regards to our son not wanting overnight stays? I don't want to force him because of anxiety and stress. So two two things I would say to that. People will oftentimes try to cite domestic violence against the other side and then go on to say, but I just want alternate weekends or I just want, you know, every other, whatever it might be. Um, And and I think that what I would say um, to that is that the court will see through that because ultimately if there is domestic violence and we're talking about, you know, against the children, um, then you are certainly going to step in and contact social services and you're going to be looking to have those children removed. Um, or some sort of involvement. So I think he'll come a little bit unstuck there. I don't think she needs to worry too much about that. Um, The other part of that question with regards to the child not wanting to spend overnight contact, again, I think it depends on how old the child is. Um, As a parent, we, we need to do all we can to encourage children to have contact with the other parent. So co-parenting is really important. I suspect that his application for a CAO, which is a child arrangements order, is going to trigger the involvement of CAFCAS. So I think if she if she has concerns and the child has concerns, CAFCAS will give an opportunity for the child's voice to be heard. Um, and from there then I think the court will simply decide. All right. 
Um, what, what I'm going to do, hang on, Mark, I'm going to leave you on the stage, but I'm going to mute you. And what I think I'll do is I'll get someone else to ask a question, then come back to you, because I know that you're asking on behalf of other people. Jaffa, I'm going to invite you up next whenever you're ready. Ask me your question. I've got an outstanding virtual order. Um, yeah. It was split into two parts. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder whether there was a time frame in which I've got to enforce the order. Um, the first part was due March 2021. Yes. Um, whether there was a time limit in, in, in that. No, for you enforcing the order, absolutely not, no. Um, that said, um, to, to give the order more weight uh, and more importance, I would be enforcing it as soon as possible. Okay. But there is okay. no time frame, no. And, and in order to enforce it, I have to apply to the court to, to do that, do I? Yes, you do. Absolutely, you do. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. That's fine. And, and sorry, the, the value of it, does it... Um, the, the value of the settlement, does that determine which court it goes to? I've read something about no, over no. a certain amount it goes to no. a court, no? No, no, it's a family court, so the, the family yeah. court will have it back there. Um, chances are, if it's complex, it might get pushed up the road to a district judge, um, but no, it's a family mm -hmm. court order, so you'll take it back to the family court. That's brilliant. Thank All you right. very much indeed. No That's problem. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Right, Mart, next question, please, from you. It's from a Jodie Jacqueline. Um, she tried a few times last night to get on Discord, but couldn't. So Jodie says, hi, where do I stand as for getting PR taken away from biological mm. dad and for stepdad of 12 years to adopt? Their bi biological dad has asked me to remove him from the birth certificate, but now has retracted the statement. He has also threatened to kill himself um, to the children, and they were nine or ten at the time. I also have Claire's Law documentation on him. Okay. Um, yeah, so how do I get about the names getting changed and um, for the uh, stepdad to, be, uh, to adopt the children, really? Okay, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, again, lo lots of questions within that. With regards to the adoption part first, um, you, I, I would suggest that you get social services on board to do some sort of assessment of the family um, and have their blessing essentially. Once you make your adoption application, the court's going to reach out to social services anyway for them to do some sort of family assessment. So I would be doing it first to make sure that we, we, you know, we've got the green light there and that social services are happy with that. Um, as part of that application, if the adoption is successful, then father will automatically have his parental responsibility removed. Um, and that's one of the reasons why social services will get involved. So father will lose his parental responsibility. Um, if you wanted to remove parental responsibility and not do an adoption application, that may be slightly harder. And in this case, I would be suggesting that this lady take some legal advice because it, it is difficult to remove PR, but not impossible. Um, and, and the definition there is what's gone on. So there's lots of domestic violence, I'm going to suspect, because she's talking about Claire's law. Um, period of absence usually really helps an application to remove parental responsibility. So, you know, once we have a period of absence, seven, eight, nine years, then it becomes easier. Um, not saying it's a given, but it does become easier. Um, and with regard to changing the child's name, again, if she doesn't have dad's permission to do that um, and she doesn't want to do the adoption application or she just wants to get that done straight away, she would make an application to the court 
using the C1 form. Um, and that would be a case of want to change the child's name, don't have dad's permission, will the court give me permission to do the same? Okay? Brilliant. Great. Cheers, Trace. I'll put um, you back I'll on. I'll leave it there for now. We'll oh, okay. A couple of others go through and I'll put my hand back up again later. All right. Lovely. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate that. Bye. Cheers. I'm going to come to X Megan. What's your question? So I'm booked in with you next Tuesday. Oh, great, yeah. But I have a question about the weekend. So yeah. from previously, obviously, Mum said that we weren't to see the child until it had been to court. Um, however, she's now said that contact can resume this weekend. Should we get the child or not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Ne never be seen to turn down contact if it's, if it's offered. I would, however, just be careful um, so make sure that, you know, we've got a witness or two floating about and make sure that everything's written down, whether it be by text or email, collection, drop off, pick up, all the rest of it. Um, but yes, absolutely. Let contact go ahead. That's brilliant. Thank you. No problem. Speak to you soon. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye. Lauren, you're next up. What's your question? I've had a, I've had a hearing. Um, we did the fact-finding hearing. Yeah. But but in front of a district judge, she didn't even care about any concerns that I've put forward or anything like that. Um, so she's granted unsupervised access to yeah. to my ex with our daughter. I still don't think she's safe with him because I know what it's like. I lived with him. Um, I'm just wondering, at the next hearing, he's, he's more than likely going to overnight stays, but she's still breastfed. Um, like He's not actually looking after the baby. It's his girlfriend, and they're very rocky. Um, like none of my considerations have been taken into account, and I just I don't know what to do. So Lauren, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be completely honest with you. If your considerations or your concerns or your worries aren't being taken into account, I'm gonna suggest that it's probably because the court don't think they're serious enough. Okay. So right. you you've got two options. You can either accept the decision of the court. Or you can have a think about how your concerns can be delivered in a better way okay and I appreciate that you, you might you, you might be representing yourself and that's difficult just on the point that you made there if you were to raise that point that you've just raised with me it's not even him looking after it, it's his girlfriend that's okay because actually with parental responsibility dad is allowed to delegate any care of the child to whoever he sees fit to give you an example, if you had a friend round and said, watch the baby for me while I just knit and have my hair done, that's absolutely fine. It would be wrong of dad to say to the court, she's not even looking after the child, she gets her friend to look after them while she goes and has her hair done. Do you know what I mean? So the court have got to yeah. extend dad the same courtesy. Now, if you have welfare concerns about the girlfriend or about dad, then you present them but you, you can't say he's not even looking after him, the girlfriend is. Because I suspect if that's what you've said, that's why they haven't listened to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I didn't say that the last time because okay. obviously he wasn't having unsupervised at the time. Yeah. But he also doesn't have parental responsibility. He's not on the birth certificate or anything. Right. Um, he's demanding that she has her name changed. Yeah. Which, it's the, not going to happen. Okay. The fact that he's now got a contact order gives him a parental responsibility by, by virtue of that contact order, okay? So don't worry about the fact he's not on the birth certificate. He does now have parental responsibility. He's got a contact order to see her. Changing the name, again, you can contest that. That has to be in the child's best interests. 
So again, mm -hmm. if you've got any reason why you don't want it changed, and I'm sure that you have, or any objection to it being double-barrelled, for example, let the court know. Because I've obviously got passports and stuff right now yeah. uh, with her name on it. She's, yeah. she's got her own identity now, so yeah. I just think, like, it shouldn't be changed. She's, again, again, Lauren, if, you, if, if, if they were your objections to his name change, they wouldn't hold much weight, because the court would simply say that's admin. We can, we can deal with ad, admin. Um, the name change will be, the decision the court will, will, will face is, is it in the best interest of the child? So your objections need to be tailored to that. This isn't in the best interest of the child because... Do you see what I mean? It's, it's the delivery of it, really, Lauren. I get that you've got objections, but it's about thinking about how do I deliver them to the court? See, I don't know any of this. I'm not very smart, know. as you can probably tell. No, you are. Um, I get really she, nervous. Or... No, I, look, it, it, it's it's difficult, isn't it, in court when when you're representing yourself? Just just be try to be a bit more strategic about it, and always think that the court's going to be thinking what's in the best interest of the child. So um, I, I need to be targeting my objections around that premise. Okay. Yeah. All right. Right, okay. All right, lovely. Thank Thanks, you. Lauren. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. Hey, guys, hope you're enjoying the episode. Just wanted to let you know, if you're thinking about self-representing in either divorce, finance or children, check out my courses that are available for sale. They're on my website, maloneyfamilylaw.co.uk. I designed them specifically so that you could represent yourself without the need for a solicitor. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Uh, Chelsea, you are next up. Whenever you're ready, ask me a question. Um, I just wanted to know, um, my ex has been given a complete no contact order with my child okay. um, till my child turns 18. Um, as you can imagine, things were quite bad for him to be granted that. Um, how would I stand with getting my name added on to his birth certificate by depot without having his dad's consent. Are you, are you the mum? Yeah. What do you mean added to the birth certificate? Are you not on the birth certificate? So if, no, like if I got my last name, like if I changed my son's last name and yes. added my last name on by deed poll. Oh, I see. Yeah, so so you're not you're not going to be able to change the birth certificate. That will stay as it is. Okay. So you, the question yeah, you're asking so me is, well, in order to change the child's name, just because dad has a no contact order, um, doesn't mean that his PR has been removed. So check that point. Okay. So if dad still has parental responsibility, you've got to get his permission to change the child's name. However, if he won't give his permission, you will apply to the court for permission. And because you've got a no contact order, there's a good chance that you'll succeed with that application. Right, okay. So if I go to the courts instead of doing it um, through the Deedpole website, um, I'd stand a better chance. But by going through Deedpole, you're not getting dad's consent. So if dad then right. finds out about that, he can go to court and say, she didn't get my consent, I have PR, so my consent is needed, and it could be revoked. Right, okay, so go through the courts and go through it that way. Well, step one is get dad's permission, and if dad won't give you the permission, then get the court's permission, yeah. Right, okay. 
All right, right. lovely. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, Chelsea. Bye-bye. Bye. Mrs B, you are next up on my list. Rather complicated, but I just want to know how uh, basically uh, a mother uh, who's got historical and ongoing neglect through social services and uh, obviously we're due to go to court uh, very soon. Uh, they do have uh, legal aid but the question is, she's not uh, giving the person uh, the time that's allocated on the court order. Now, this particular person is supposed to be having the child Monday to Friday because of schooling. She doesn't take him to school. Uh, she sleeps in till 11, 12 o'clock. It's just abysmal, okay? But it's the fact of how do we get the PR taken and also the school to take more notice of uh, the court order because they're now looking at uh, homeschooling because the child says he wants to have homeschooling. So essentially, is this an order that's being breached? Yes. Okay, and you're asking me how you would, how you would remove mum's PR? Yes. Okay. That that probably won't happen. She, right. she'd, she'd have to be doing a lot worse than sleeping in and not getting them to school on time to have the PR. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it is a lot worse. It's ongoing and, as what I said, social services involved and okay. neglect. Okay. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest, because obviously I don't want you to reveal too much on here, um, but yeah, you, you would exactly. have... Yeah, I think legal advice with regard to having PR removed, that's incredibly tough. Okay, incredibly tough to, to have that done, right. especially with a mother. Um, with regard to, uh, the, the best thing you can do is to take the, if it's being breached, take the matter back to court. The family court will remedy an order that yeah, it's made with its breach. basically is what actually is being, yeah, which basically is what being tried at the moment. Uh, I mean, I uh, had a court hearing just before uh, Christmas. Yeah. Uh, which obviously the judge actually did turn and say, right, you need to abide by this, this needs to happen, this needs to happen. Yeah. She hasn't done it, so she's basically broken it yet again. Yeah. Uh, we thought that basically, and CAFCAS has been informed uh, to the fact that they need to write a report, but then CAFCAS have come back and said they need to go back to the original uh, court date, yeah. which was November 21. Um, you know, it's... it's Oh, it's just but, but an you're, absolute but you're, nightmare. Yeah, but your only remedy is to go back to court with it. So I, I, I hear what you're How asking me. How do we me. get it there sooner rather than later? Because no. obviously... You, you, well, you, if, you, if, you, if you say you've taken it back to court, then you've done your C79 and you've got a hearing listed, I'm assuming. No, it still hasn't, hearing hasn't been listed. Uh, the the first C hearing was uh, emergency, which was just before Christmas. Right, okay. Uh, and then basically we haven't heard of enough court hearing yet. Well, then call we the keep court. basically asking. Yeah, call the court. That's all you can do. That's all you can do is keep calling the court to get a hearing right. date. Because he's actually now fine. He's being withheld from uh, this said person and also from school. Okay. Uh, it would be totally different if, you know, the mother took him into school. Uh, 
you know, but she's withholding him from absolutely everything. Yeah, and I, then social I would... services, we have reported our welfare concerns to the social services. Yeah. And uh, they're not interested. You you need to go to the court. It's it's because yeah, you, you it's because the matter's before the court. So if it's before the court, then the family court will take over here. So you just need to keep plugging away with the court to get a hearing date. I'm slightly surprised if you were given an emergency hearing that it's just then been left. So just keep calling the court until you get a date, okay? Yeah, and one other thing is the school keeps turning around and saying uh, to the fact of uh, the possibility of them going against the court order. They are not allowed to do this, are they? No, no, no. If there's a court order in place, then the school have to adhere to that. Right. All right? Right. Great. That's brilliant. All right. Thank you very You're much welcome. for your assistance. You're welcome, Mrs B. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, Lola? I took my ex to court as an emergency hearing. Yeah. And under domestic abuse and also the fact he took my children from me for seven weeks. Yes. I don't ever feel heard when I'm in court. And social have been involved in our lives since September of this year again, as they keep reporting me for issues that I haven't even caused. Okay. We go back to court March 24 for our final hearing. Yeah. And I've just had my welfare check and I still don't feel like I'm getting anywhere and just being shunned off. Okay. So what's your question of me? How do I go about feeling heard in court? Because obviously this is the final hearing now and I'm just worried that they're going to end up giving him full custody. What's the current... And I don't know how much more what's... to prove. Sure. What's the current order that you have, Lola? What's the current order? It's 50-50 shared care. Okay. I suspect that he won't get full custody if the child is used to 50-50 shared care if I'm perfectly honest with you. Um, it's difficult to answer your question without knowing more about your case. I suggest, as I said to a previous lady that called in this evening, where you feel you're not being heard, if I can translate that, it probably means that the court's not listening to your view. And if I translate that again, it's probably because the court doesn't feel that your view is important. And that could be because of the way it's being delivered. So I'm not saying that your views aren't important, Lola, but it, it's very difficult sometimes to be able to address the court with, with your concerns, but in a way that's going to tick what's going to concern the court. Do you know what I mean? We, we, we've almost got to interpret it in accordance with the law. So obviously I've got a solicitor involved, but we are quite a lot of money into it now but it's even when he took them for seven weeks it just feels like no one cares so so really and then breaking the court order all the time and yet no one cares. so really then your question of me is not that you're not being heard it's that you don't feel your solicitors being heard yeah okay it seems That's... like he's throwing all these allegations yeah. about me but then when i try and put my allegations forward that are actually true fact they're just getting wiped away like they're nothing. It, it's, it, it, yeah, like I say, it's either two things. A better delivery is needed and a more robust approach or your concerns are not the concerns of the court. Maybe because they don't tick the legal concern box and they're more of an emotional concern. I don't know. I, I don't know, Lola. But I, okay. I would say, but, you know, sit down and have a chat with your solicitor.
because they, they should be guiding you or at least explaining to you why you feel the court aren't listening to your concerns all right yeah okay okay i'll try that approach all right thanks lola bye bye uh, thank you so much uh, Mart, I take you off mute. You got another question for me? Yeah. It was the one where how do you take biological dad off the birth certificate and then adopt um, the stepdad to adopt at twelve years? The stepdad to adopt, yeah. So the an adoption application. Um, my my suggestion is always go and have a chat with social services first. Get them to do an assessment of the family because when you make your adoption application, that's what the court's going to do. So you may as well preempt that there's going to be no problems by going to social services first. If the adoption application is successful, biological father will lose his parental responsibility anyway. Okay. So if a child is placed for adoption um, and the adoption succeeds, biological parents always lose parental responsibility. In this question, biological mom has met stepdad and they want to adopt. So father will lose, if it's successful, his PR. Does that help? Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And brilliant. Um, hopefully she heard it this time. Okay, all right. Thanks, um, Mum. You got another right. one? The question I have for you yeah. is, yeah. Um, I'm very nervous and new. Basically, my question is, what should be done when mum rarely responds to messages when trying to make child arrangements? And when she finally responds, states... The kids who are under 12 said they don't want to visit, but when we physically speak with them, they want to come. Um, there is nothing in place yet at applying for a divorce next month. Um, she also uses um, her social worker status against us all and uses her professional opinion. Sorry, what's the question there, Mark? That was a lot of information, but I don't know what the question was. I think... I think they're, they're going for a court order. There yeah. isn't one in place yet. Yeah. Um, but what I can understand from it, the children are under 10. Yeah. Mum is saying that they don't want to come and visit, but when yeah. Dad speaks to them, they do, they do want to visit. And, and this, um, this is... But she's using her social worker yeah. status. Yeah. Well, this is, this is where Kafkas will come into their own because Kafkas will speak to the children um, and Kafkas will speak to Mum Given that she's a social worker, you know, she'll be held in slightly higher regard um, than a, like a normal lay person because she'll, she will be expected to know better. Um, so this is where the court will rely quite heavily on CAFCAS to deliver the voice of the children um, and to be able to help the court in deciding actually is this alienation going on or is there a genuine reason why the children don't want to have time with dad? Yeah, really. All right, fab. All right, um, thanks, Mark. Oh, you got another one? All right. Okay. I got this is only like a quick one. Okay. Um, child's dad, no PR, no PR, hasn't met the child or any contact, but now applied for a prohibited steps order of me taking a child abroad where I was born. Mm. My child is actually a citizen of that country who has two passports. Yeah. Will the court stop us being able to visit our family overseas, potentially block or move in the future? No child arrangements in place. His application was dismissed by the judge for various reasons. No contact order. Um, finally, this is easy to fight alone or solicitor recommended. So going on holiday, I doubt very much the court's going to stop that. 
Um, and she's just said his application's been dismissed, so I don't know if there's still an application before the court. But going on holiday, the court's not going to stop that. If she wishes to relocate permanently, she's going to have to do a relocation application, okay? Um, and that may come up against uh, some resistance. However, um, it will depend on the contact that Dad's having and what Mum suggests any ongoing contact should be. Should she get a solicitor? Not if she wants to take the child on holiday. She needs to apply for a specific issues order and she can do that herself. Relocation application? Yes, I would. There's a bit more involved in, in that application. Um, so yes, I would be suggesting that there is a, a solicitor involved. If not, you know, front and centre, at least in the background, giving her a helping hand. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Mark. Bye. I'm going to bring Danny up. Hi, Danny. We put a C-79 and we had the Kafka's report through. And the last sentence is that they advise an FHDRA again. Yeah. Will the court have to go with that, given that we are trying to enforce an order that was set up in November? What do you mean, will the court have to go with that? I don't understand your question. Sorry. So um, we have a court order in place that was breached by... Yeah. Uh, the Netherlands. get that so yeah. we had we put a c79 in place yeah okay were involved again yeah and they said that we should have another first hearing directive yeah um but we already had one with the previous um court situation oh, and doesn't... it led nowhere yeah. and if there's Do... a court order in place and it has been breached I'm not sure why Kafka's think it's appropriate to try and well, mediate it again. Because they feel, Danny, perhaps, that actually there's more to this than, than meets the eye. Maybe there is a good reason um, why the court order's been breached. And they actually want the court to do a bit more of a deep dive. Uh, clearly there's a reason. Um, you know, when, when an order's breached, just because you make a C-79 doesn't necessarily mean the court's going to go, right, okay, don't breach it again and, and, yeah, everyone, yeah. and everyone go back to doing what they're doing. Um, Kafkas yeah. clearly think that this needs to come back before the court. That, that's bizarre because Kafka's gentleman told us that there is no ABCs going through and that they're going to be really harsh on her right now because the excuse is not um, is not valid according to him, according to what he's seen. So well, that that's for the that, that's for the judge to decide. And if the judge has listed know, it, know, if the course. judge has listed it for a fahedra, then you've got another hearing to attend. No, 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 the judge didn't. Kafka suggested the case qualifies to a fahedra. So right. A fahedra. Yeah, then so, the, ju the judge will list it for a fahedra. Okay. Yeah. So it's the few more weeks now of no agreement until we are before the court again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and it, the only way you'll get an order from the fahedra is if you are in agreement. The court can't make an order there, it can only make an order at a final hearing. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Danny. Bye. Bye. Right, I've got to go and let Ralphie back in again. But um, 568 Angel, I invited you up next. What's your question? Um, so my question is, um, my daughter, who is seven, we have a call on place with her dad. Yeah. Um, but she's now expressing that she doesn't want to go. Yeah. Um, and she wants, the she wants the contact to change. Yeah. He does not agree. Um, it was a domestic abuse uh, case as well, and she has seen physical assaults on me from him. Um, but I don't know what age the court will listen to her about what she wants with contact with her dad. Sorry, how old is she? 
G is seven. Okay. Um, so it's really no. started to affect her at school now as well. Like she is now saying she won't go to school. They've had to step in and try and get the family support worker involved. Um, I work is at this, a school as well, and it's just is getting this, a bit. Is this before the court at the moment, Angel? Um, no. So we've we've not been in front of the court for a year or more now. So we've been. Uh, finalised and everything and we're just going along with the court order at the moment okay so i think i mean look if, if the child's becoming traumatized and, and becoming you know upset by the whole thing my first suggestion mm -hmm. is we shouldn't be forcing contact we obviously need some some intervention um if you yeah. and dad aren't in a place where you can co-parent and, and remedy this together yeah. then the option yeah. available to dad is to obviously take you back to court for a breach which is fine, yeah. because you would then explain why the order's being breached, and I think CAFCAS would then get involved again. Um, and it might it's be... Like, go on. Today, she's had to have contact, um, and she didn't want to go. He picks her up from school, and I finished work, and she was just crying and crying and crying about not wanting to go. Yeah. And she's had to, she's had to go. Yeah. I think yeah we we've yeah you, you, I think we've got to establish you know obviously why she's getting upset. It's it's your call obviously you know you mm -hmm. you have to make yeah. a judgment call as to whether contact continues. Um, and then of this course this has it's... happened before. This is the right. second time it's happened okay. with her not wanting to go and it's broken down. And the first time it broke down, I stopped contact and said, "Right, she's not happy. We need to understand what's going on and why she's not happy." Um, at that point. He just sees it as I'm taking her away from him. I don't want her to have contact. So we just we just go back around and around in a circle. It just feels like we have yeah. contact and then we just go back to square one. And that's because contact orders can't change personalities, which is why the court are always trying to get parties to go to mediation, to try and get yeah, them to see that. the other party's um, point of view. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, a court order is not going to fix this, unfortunately, but... All I can say to address your immediate question is, obviously, if contact's mm -hmm. causing a child distress, then I wouldn't be forcing contact, is all I would say. All right. Okay. okay. Perfect. Thank you Thank so much you. for your advice. That's Thank all you. right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, Sandra, I'm going to come to you in just a second, but I do have a bit of an announcement to make. So what we are going to start to do, um, New Year and all that, with the firm, I've decided that we're going to have a pro bono day, okay? So what, what I'm uh, willing to do is, you guys know that I have trainee solicitors who work for me, and there's a lot of you that come onto the Discord, and of course I try to get through as many questions as I possibly can. Um, and, you know, a lot of you have got a lot more information that I don't want you to share on Discord, obviously, um, but that you need a little bit more signposting, a little bit more help. So what we're gonna do last day of each month is we're gonna have a pro bono day. Now you won't always get talking to me. Um, it will be on a first come, first serve basis, but you will get some time completely free with either myself or a trainee solicitor. And what we'll do is we will fill the diary um, for one day a month with sort of 30 to 40 minute slots. And it won't really be to give advice but it'll be to tell you, much like I do on Discord, tell you what it is that you can do, signposting really, telling you the forms that you can fill out um, and, and, and what it is that, that you need to do. Sometimes it might be that you have to actually go ahead and take some legal advice, but essentially I just feel that it would be 
really beneficial, not just for you guys that need some pro bono stuff, but also for my trainee solicitors who actually listen to me all the time um, and know a lot of the answers themselves. So as I say, it might not be me that you're booked in with. It might be Eloise, it might be Amy, or it might be Eleanor. Um, but it, you know, either way, you, you'll get speaking to somebody. So I'm gonna put an announcement out. I'll get Patrick, we'll do a couple of stories next week. Um, and we'll get some announcements out, but that will kind of, that will be the last day of each month. We'll, we'll get those booked in, all right? Um, so yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know. I think that's a really good idea, actually. Right, Sandra, what's your question? Um, I have a child with one of my previous partners. He's yeah. now sent me a message a couple of months ago saying that he no longer wants parental responsibility for my son. Yeah. Um, and he's stopped paying child maintenance. Yeah. I've gone to child maintenance and reported all the missed payments. However, they have been taking a long time to do anything about it because he now has a child with someone else, um, but he hasn't sent them confirmation about his changes of circumstances, which is now delaying my process. Um, last time I spoke to them, they said that they were going to reject his application for change of circumstances because he hasn't sent in uh, the new child's birth certificate. So that's been rejected. And now with regards to my situation, because he doesn't have my son anymore. So the overnight share has gone down from two nights to zero. Yeah. If he goes ahead, because he hasn't seen my son for probably since June, if he says that there's been no change, even though I know he's sent me a message saying he wants no more responsibility and stuff like that, is there anything that I can do to process that along? In, sorry, I, I missed the first bit, Sandra. What, what, what is he trying to do, or what are you trying to stop? I got most of that, so, but I, what, I'm, yeah, go on, tell me again. Yes, um, so I don't know what to do from here, because he's messaged me saying he wants no more responsibility. Oh, I yeah, okay, I see. what to do from here. Yeah, then, then you don't give him any more responsibility. I mean, is, is he effectively saying, can you take my PR away? Is that what he's saying? No. No, he just sent me a message saying he no longer wants parental responsibility. Yeah, and, that's uh, what I mean. He's no so they're going to pay me child maintenance. Yeah, so so he's asking you to take away his parental responsibility. You can't do that. Only a court can do that, and a court's not going to do that um, because he's the father of that child. You, on the other hand, don't have to give him any responsibility. Clearly, he doesn't want anything to do with the child, and, and that's unfortunate. Does that affect his child maintenance? Absolutely not. He's got a legal obligation to pay that. So, you know, I would, I would leave it there. He doesn't want contact, that's his choice. But contact and child maintenance don't go hand in hand. You don't have to have one to have the other. Okay, cool. All right. Um, another thing, I am, if he does in the future end up wanting to have parental responsibility, his current partner has sent me photos of him being abusive, physically abusive to her. Um, like he's left her with like black eyes, broken ribs, and she sent me that. Uh, could I use that as proof of me worrying about my son, knowing my son no. is not safe around him? No. I mean, you, you would raise the fact that you have concerns, welfare concerns, but, mm -hmm. you know, um, but, but if, if he's being violent to another person, doesn't necessarily mean he'll be violent towards the child. And not something okay. I think you need to worry about, Sandra, because... I suspect if he doesn't want parental responsibility and doesn't want to pay your child maintenance, he's not going to make a court application in any event. Okay, cool. All Thank right. you so much for your help. You're welcome. No problem at all. Uh, Captain, hopefully you're home now with Car Park safely. 
So this is a question uh, from Claire about finances. Yeah. Hi all. I find this all pretty confusing. Both my boyfriend and I own houses independently. Mine is of a higher value and I have more equity. I also own a limited business which is doing well. He has children, I don't. I'm also due a lump sum of money which could clear my remaining mortgage. I just want to make sure that when he moves in that my current assets are protected. He won't be named on my mortgage or business and will be making an agreed contribution towards our living costs whilst he's renting his property out. I understand anything we accumulate together is 50-50 also if we get married. How do I continue to ensure my current assets remain protected? So you can enter into what we call a cohabitation agreement which is very similar to a deed of trust and that will protect um, so long as you don't get married, it's very hard um, to, to be able to make a claim on someone else's assets. Um, it, you know, if, if he's just making a contribution to her for his, you know, living costs, his, his portion towards the bills and the food, that's fine. It's where they start to make, you know, significant financial contributions to the property um, that, that we sort of get a muddying of the waters, if you like. But cohabitation agreement, if she really wants a belt and braces approach, if she doesn't want to go down that route, then obviously just make sure you keep everything separate, bank accounts separate, you know, keep it very sort of formal in that regard. Um, obviously, all of that changes the minute you get married. Now, if you wanted to protect premarital assets, then you would think about doing a pre-nuptial agreement. Um, and whilst they're not legally binding in the UK, the courts are relying on them more and more. Yeah. All right. Okay. And um, so th this is just a question I've got off the back of that. Yeah. If you do have, uh, say, this, this lady, for example, has got a limited company, limited business, and then a, a party does get married, do they automatically have a right to half of the business then? No. Well, now, again, the longer the marriage, the more they're entitled to. So if we have a short marriage of one, two, say, three years, you're probably going to walk away with what you came to the marriage with. So the longer the yeah. marriage, if I'm then dealing with a divorce after 20 years, yes, I'm going to be looking at the starting point being 50-50, okay? Business can be a little bit different, because we might need the business to continue in order to provide an income for a spouse and or children. So we're not necessarily going to be carving up a business. So it does depend on some other factors. It's not a question that I can say yes or no to. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. All right. Brilliant. All right. Thank, Thanks, that's Captain. That's all I've got for today, Tracy. Thank you. You're and welcome. Weekend, right you now. too. You too, Captain. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So just off the back of that, someone on TikTok said, what's the difference between a cohabitation agreement and a deed of trust? N not a lot, really. It's just that a cohabitation agreement is very worded towards the fact that this is a couple who are going to be living together, both bringing various assets to the table, but aren't going to get married. Okay, so, um, that, but, you know, essentially it is, it is a deed of trust, really, um, be between both parties.
Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode. Just wanted to jump in and let you guys know that what you're actually listening to is people on my Discord channel um, who ask me questions when I go live every Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday between 6 and 7. So if you've got a question that you want to ask, by all means feel free to join me. Or alternatively, if you just check out my Discord uh, channel anyway, you'll see that we've got three forums covering divorce, finance and children. So if you wanted to leave a question there, then one of the members of my community will be able to help. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Mans, I'm going to come to you next. What's your question? Um, so I left, my daughter's dad when she was 18 months old through domestic violence. Yeah. He had her for overnight custody and she was found wounded in the street um, in October. She was in a nappy and everything. Social services got involved and they basically said that he asked for a supervised contact. He was put on supervised contact and it happened again. So I cut contact, obviously. I didn't even want to go in the first place. Um, anyway, he's now moved on to have two kids. One was taken away. He hasn't had contact with my daughter. So my question is really, one, can he get contact with her? And what's the likelihood of him having overnight contact? I'm sorry, just a thought over just a yeah. I know. Um, and second, I did a deep poll online. I know it might not stand. Um, to change my name because he was under investigation for historical sexual offences on children. Yeah. Um, but I want to apply for a passport. Obviously, he's on her birth certificate. Yeah. Now, am I best applying in her name on the birth certificate or attempting with a depot online? Does that make sense? So let, let's go back to the first question, Mans. What did you say? What's the likelihood of him getting unsupervised or overnight contact, did you say? Yeah, so um, his family are now threatening me um, with contact. All right. And they're taking me to court. Yeah. She's now going to be seven in April. Yeah. So it's over five years he has no contact. Yeah, I think, I um, think look, he's, 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 he's really going to struggle for lots of reasons. A, that you, you've got lots of concerns. Um, chances are, once we run his name through the social services database, that's going to throw out lots of concerns, um, and we've got this huge gap in contact. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that give you too much of a restless night. I'll be completely honest. Um, if if any contact's going to be awarded based on all that you've just told me, um, it, it's going to be supervised, and and I think he may struggle to um, suggest that it's going to be in her best interests. Okay. He now, did have supervised like previously, but that was supervised by his mum. So and, obviously, it was and a that bit was biased. and yeah, and that was five years ago. Um, so yeah. again, we, we we kind of have to reset the situation now. And of course, more's happened in the five years that even you may not know about. You know that social services may know about. Um, so then, moving on to the second question, that was about the deed poll, and you want to change what? Uh, you want to apply for a passport. Yeah, a passport. Yeah. I'm not really bothered if it goes in the name at all, but it's just what's the likelihood of them refusing it? Just because well, I have a complete obviously with Yeah, I mean if, if you if you've changed her name via deed poll, then her name's changed. So you can actually um just apply for the passport. That that it's for dad so, to contest that. But my question would be, how would he know? 
How's he going to know? Yes, but I was under the impression it had to be a court order depot for it to stand with passport. No. So that's what I wasn't sure about. No, I mean, look, I, I, don't, I don't know that level of detail. Check with the passport office, but my understanding is no. You you can't, you don't get court order depot as such. If, if you're changing a name by depot, they're assuming that you've got his consent. And then I'm pretty sure if you're applying for a UK passport, um, that you only need one parent's signature anyway. So I think my question would be, how would he know? I think, I think again, you're going to be fine there. Okay, well, you, right. thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Mart, what's your question? Me and ex-husband are going through finances, through solicitors. Divorce is complete. Uh, decree absolute was granted last year. Child order all sorted. Finally, we left with the finances. My solicitor offered a quarter of the value of the house to him um, as I have the child and it's where we live. He's declined the offer. Mm -hmm. um, he has remarried. Mm -hmm. um, he has filed for the divorce petition, uh, divorce petition, but he ticked a box for a financial order. We've only just started talking about finances now and just through the solicitors. Can he still make a financial order claim against me? Also, I've been separated from him. We have no financial commitments to, together. Uh, I have savings for a holiday and a car, which I've saved for, um, and it's my own money. Is he entitled to it? Look, it, because he's remarried, Mart, that puts a bar on him being able to make a financial claim against her. He's, he's remarried, so he's barred from doing that. However, she she possibly um might want to think about making a claim against him so i don't know i will leave that open but but essentially he's remarried and therefore no he cannot yeah no worries Tris. lovely thanks mart cheers Tris. bye uh, Patsy, you are next up. Zoe, can I just say thank you so much for doing that, um, letting everyone know to download the Discord for next Monday just before we finish in. Thank you again. There you go. That's proper organised. I am very impressed. Thanks, Zoe. Patsy, what's your question? I'm just pr providing the statement of assets for disclosure yep. for both sides. Um, so my husband bought a car, but he put it in my name. Um, but he says it's his car. So would that, it's actually in my name. He gave me the money and I bought it. Would that be my asset or his asset? You bought it, it's in his name. No, it's in my name. Yeah, but he bought he gave, it. He gave me the money right, to you, buy it. So it's your and asset. And it's in my name. Yeah, so you're the legal owner of the car. It's your asset. It's my asset. So yeah. I have to put it on my statement as my asset. Okay. Yes, you do. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All right. That's it. Thank you All very right. much. Thank you, Patsy. Bye-bye. I'm going to come to Petra Kovac, 89. Do you have a question for me? Yes, please. Basically, I was the foster carer of the child, my cousin. Yeah. Um, over three months as an emergency. Yeah. And because the child was very behavioural, very aggressive. Yeah. So it was very difficult for me and for my partner because we both working and the child was very aggressive, like he tried to jump from the window or he tried to kill himself. So I was pushing to the social worker, like to get any support, like to get therapy, psychologists, but they, I don't get any support from them. They're ignoring me. 
So one day when it started breaking more, damaging my stuff, I was called emergency, I would decide like I cannot handle anymore. And then the social worker came to me and they did with me the deal. He, like they say like the best thing what they, what they can do is like to go to the childcare. It's like whatever is gonna be better, he can go back to me. But then now I realize everything what they say was like they told me like every week I can have I can get him for one or two days, he can sleep over me. He can get the so uh, psychologist therapist in this place, this replacement. But everything was lie. So and basically I won't Yeah, what's your question? So my question is how can I take him back? Uh, well, that, that, that's, well that's, not, that's not down to you, that's going to be down to social services and if they don't deem it appropriate, then you may have a struggle. So even if I get solicitor or advocate or something, I cannot... Yeah, so, no, no, that will be down to social services because you're a foster carer, so that, that, that will just but be down I'm to them. But I'm a member of family, but I'm a member of family. Doesn't matter, child. doesn't matter, it will be down to social services to deem it appropriate or not. And I think potentially if you were struggling before, then they may, they may decide that actually the child hasn't made any significant changes and they don't want to repeat what's just happened. All right. Yeah, but before, before, before me, they've got a different, uh, how can I say, foster carers, which yeah. they have experienced over 20 years. Yeah. But they have the same situation, like they try to push to the social worker, like to get any support, like the psychologist, therapist, but because yeah. they don't improve anything that's why they decide to not uh, handle anymore yeah. that's why the child comes to me as yeah. an emergency and, and well so, then, but well, then if they're gonna give to support from us we can manage we don't struggle yeah. we just want to get better for him yeah it's it will come down to social services it's their call i'm mm. afraid all right i'll leave it there right. okay thank you right. thank, thank you, you. bye-bye hey danielle so my question is i so i've got a child arrangement order um, for my children to see their dad and he's now decided that on one of the weekends where he's meant to have them that he won't be having them um, and really my question is where do I stand legally um, in terms of him being able to pick and choose when he can have them or not because I have to work at weekends so picking and choosing isn't in the child's best interest so i wouldn't be allowing him to do that however you can't force him to have contact so if he has yeah. for example every other weekend ordered but he actually only wants one weekend a month then so be it one weekend a month but if he says i don't want them this weekend i want them next weekend you are well within your rights to say absolutely not i've got to i've got to work at the weekend i've got to get other people in to look after the children that's what's court ordered. If you miss that weekend, unfortunately, we just have to roll it onto your next weekend. Okay. That right, that yeah, you. that that would be my suggestion. Otherwise, he's just going to be constantly chopping and changing, and you don't know where you stand. Yeah. No. Of course. Yeah. And you just want the stability, really. Exactly. Yeah. And just a bit of a routine. And and lots of yeah. parents maybe say, you know what, I can't do it twice a month. I'm just going to do. It. It's sad. It really is sad because there's so many dads out there wanting to see their children, um, and I they know. can't. And then you've got other dads that get given this contact, and they just don't want it. It's you know, it always and I always hear the two extremes. It's so sad. Yeah, I just I just don't want him to be picking and choosing yeah. what suits him, really. Yeah. No, you take control of that, Danielle, because obviously, you know, you're the one, the main carer, and you're trying to keep, you know, juggle the kids and the work and everything else. 
Yeah, all right. Fab. All right. Hope that helps. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Right, guys, I'm going to call it a night. It's just after seven. So I'm going to be back here next Monday at six o'clock. We do Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, six or seven with all my helpers. I've got Martin and Captain who ask questions on your behalf. And then I've got all my ladies on the TikTok. I've got Zoe and Erin and Missy. And I think that was all I had on this evening. Um, so Boo's mum always pops in and gives a little wave. Oh, and Amy's always there. Thank you, Amy. Um, so yeah, so look out for my pro bono um, stories on Insta. Um, I'm going to start to send them out to you guys next week. It will be first come, first serve. Please, please don't be disappointed if you don't get an appointment with us in January. You will definitely get one then, hopefully in February. But it will be first come, first serve. All right, so until then, take care. Um, and I look forward to chatting to you all again on Monday. Cheers, guys. Bye.